This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Necessary Roughness with former NFL lineman TJ Lang and John Jansen. Well, he's Lang, I'm Jansen, and you're listening to Necessary Roughness. And on Sunday, TJ, you were sidelined for the Detroit Lions. And I know that there's this this SOL, there's all of these different sayings, but it is, it happened again. Again. (laughs) Only against. What was, I tell you what, before we we even go any further, I'm going to give you the call because I know you had it in your head, um, on your ears, and we were listening to it on the radio. This is what it sounded like from Dan Miller in the Lions radio broadcast as the game came to a close. This will, in fact, be a 66-yard attempt for Justin Tucker. This game hangs in the balance with the longest kick in the history of the National Football League on the line. Tucker's ready. There's the snap. Spot down. Kick on the way. It is up and it is off the crossbar and through. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Brutal. Brutal. There are so many things that happened at the end of that game that we, we needed to talk about, but that is... You mentioned brutal. If it just goes through, right? We already know that he's lining up for an NFL record kick, 66 yards. He's going to break the record. He's already got a 61-yarder in Ford Field. Right. He loves it here. We'll talk about that in a a little bit later. But it hits the crossbar and then bounces through. You want to talk about putting salt in a wound. (laughs) Unbelievable. What was the feeling like in the stadium? I mean, not only did it bounce through, it like projected like – 20 yards fly. I mean, it hit like the top of the net. Yeah. You just don't see that when it hits the crossbar, right? No. You don't see that. I mean, you just don't see it. And of course, it just felt like, of course, it's going to happen. Of course, he's going to hit a 66 yard field goal. Of course, he's going to hit it. It's He's playing against Detroit. Of course, he's going to set a record. And it was heartbreaking, man. I mean, sitting there. You know, on the sideline, watching the way that the defense came out on that drive and getting after Lamar Jackson and yeah. getting the sack and the energy in the building. And then, you know, on the third down, uh, more pressure, and they force him to run out of bounds to lose more yards. I mean, the place was just absolutely rocking. And then they took a timeout, which is questionable, right? You had mm-hmm. kind of had him on the ropes a little bit. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. Was it the right? Sure, maybe it's it, you have a bunch of young players on defense, and especially in the secondary, you want to get those guys in the right spot. You want to make sure everybody's mentally locked in where they're supposed to be. They still messed it up. Yeah, but even at the end of the day, okay, 
You 66-yard field goal. There's a reason teams don't even attempt 66-yard field goals is because most of the time they're damn impossible to make, except when you're playing against the Detroit Lions. It was just absolutely heartbreaking, man. I, I watched the play. As soon as I saw the kick, as soon as I saw the bounce, you could tell it was going in. I mean, I just turned my back, started walking up the tunnel, and you, you could see, kind of hear the Baltimore sideline going nuts. And, um, I mean, it it almost we we both we both played a long time. We have both been a part of really heartbreaking losses. I mean, you feel for those guys, man. You see the fight that they put out there. You see how hard they're playing and how badly they want to win to get beat by a world record field goal is just absolutely. I mean. Lost like that stings for a long time, it's man. It's a kick in the nuts. Kick in the nuts. And I know you try to move on as a player. You get in today. You get in the next day, and and you watch the film, and you try to make the corrections, and you you worry about the next game. But loss like that, man, that that stings for a long time. It does. And obviously, there's there's not a playoff, you know, implications riding on this. Nobody comes into this season thinking the the Lions are are a playoff team. So. The ramifications uh, overall aren't there, but when you're scratching and clawing for any win and you get close and you play better defensively than you've played in the first two games. San Francisco defensively was not a great outing against Green Bay. Again, not a great outing. Then you play against a unique individual in Lamar Jackson. And you know they're going to get some yardage on the ground, but they just continued to chip away. But the Lions, they, they, it was like they, they were making adjustments. You saw some young players play. You mm-hmm. get the timeout. You, you're trying to make sure that they understand the moment yeah. in that timeout. And I'm okay with the timeout. Um, you know, you would have liked to have seen, because they were able to sack Lamar Jackson, they got him out of bounds on the third down play. Should have been another sack, right. um, honestly. Yeah. But because it's a young team, if it wasn't a young team, do you think Dan Campbell takes that timeout? No. No, I don't think so. I think it was just, and you kind of heard him talk about in the post game. Uh, you know, we had a lot of young guys that haven't been in a situation like that, right? We wanted to make sure, and you might get a couple reps of that in training camp, right? Last, uh, last play type scenarios must have it. I know you practice against what you're supposed to do against the Hail Mary, but in a situation like that, hey, it's okay if Lamar Jackson runs the ball, right? Yeah. He's going to burn time. Let's do our best to keep him in bounds and, and whatever. It was just I didn't mind the fact that they were trying to get everybody in the right position, but it was just a double whammy, you know? Yeah. Not only did they kind of let Baltimore off the hook when they were against the ropes, your young players still messed it up anyways. So that was the thing that was discouraging, especially given, like you said, how tough that they played and how 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 – how much improved they were from game one and game two. And when you're a team like this, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. You're not going to compete really for the playoffs or the division at this point. But when you have a chance to win those games, I mean, you're looking for any sort of confidence builder or just, I guess, vindication that what we're doing is starting to pay off right Mm -hmm. there's a light at the end of the tunnel we see it we see it man we're just going to keep working we're going to keep grinding and when you get that close to beating not only not only just getting a win but a win against baltimore yeah i mean man that could have gone 
that could have gone so far for this team as far as confidence-wise and just guys saying, we see it, man. We see the process. We're believing in the coaches, which they do. I know they believe in the coaches, but that just would have sped that process up even more. Well, to your point, like I know they play the Bengals in a couple of weeks. They play the Bears this week, and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit more. Uh, They had a rough outing against the Browns. But if you get a win against the Bengals, everybody's going to say, well, it's the Bengals because it's reputation. And if you had gotten a win against Baltimore, it would have been – all right, it's a win against Baltimore right. because it's it's a reputation yeah. win. Oh, they're beating a team that's expected to compete for the AFC, you know, title. championship. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. You knock them off, it's like you said. I mean, it's not like beating a Jacksonville or a you know. Although Cincinnati's playing pretty good this year, yeah. Uh, just the reputation that they have, people probably expect you to. Okay, Lions might have a chance against them, but yeah, you knock off one of those top teams. I mean, you talk about being a young player and the confidence that that gives you in the locker room and the satisfaction of, okay, we're, we're doing it right. We're doing it the right way. Uh, that that could have gone a long way, man. And just that, I think that was probably the biggest part of the heartbreak was mm-hmm. you're that close. The guys are that close just to seeing the results and getting that, getting that chance to celebrate a win in the NFL. Uh, that locker room after a win is, is a special place. And just to get that just taken – from you in such a heartbreaking fashion it was just man you're like you said man it was a straight kick right to the nuts what was the most heartbreaking loss you had not just I know you played eight years in Green Bay you had two here in Detroit right and so you were on both sides of this (laughs) (laughs) what was the most heartbreaking loss you had as a pro uh the most heartbreaking just because the implications was uh, NFC Championship game after the 2014 season. We had a awesome team, man. I mean, we we had a special team. We go into Seattle, we punch them in the mouth. Uh, you know, we're up majority of that game. Uh, Seattle comes back late. They fake a field goal for a touchdown, and we're kind of sitting there. Okay, whatever. You know, they got to fake field goals to score against us. You know, we're we're still mm-hmm. we're still feeling pretty confident, flying high. Uh, then they score again late. And it's like, okay, we got to tighten this thing up. You know, they still need an onside kick. We'll get this thing back, take a couple knees, go to the Super Bowl, and, you know, didn't get the onside kick. And after that, it was like, oh, oh, no. And then, you know, they go down and score again. We go down and score with 30 seconds left, kick the, you know, Mason Crosby kicks the field goal, puts in overtime, and Russell Wilson just threw a 50-yard touchdown pass, whatever it was, to just put a dagger in our hearts, dagger in the season. I think that was – Probably the most, for certain, the most heartbreaking loss. Just because when you're that close to getting to the Super Bowl and to winning the, you know, winning the the conference, um, especially with a group of guys that is so special. I mean, that just it, that one stung for a long time. I mean, I couldn't even watch the Super Bowl after that because yeah. it just felt like. <laughs> The Seahawks are playing instead of us, man. That should be us there. You know, that had, takes a long time to get over. It does. And I had two of them my rookie year. You mentioned how much it, it, it helps a young player to get that confidence and what it feels like in an NFL locker room after a win. We opened up with the Dallas Cowboys um, in 99, and we were up by two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter. They end up coming back. They tie it up, um, and we have a field goal to win it at the end of the game. There's a botched snap and hold. So we end up going into overtime, and Troy Aikman hits the rocket, uh, Ishmael, uh, going down uh, the middle of the field. I think it was like, might have even been the opening play of overtime. Oh. And watching him go into the end zone, it just 
being up two scores and having a moment like that, it was an absolute heartbreaker. Yeah. Fortunately, we were able to recover from it. We did have enough wins to make it to the playoffs. We beat Detroit in the first round of the playoffs. Sorry, Detroit. Uh, not really. Uh, the second <laughs> round, we played down in Tampa Bay, and it came down to the same thing. We had battled our way down. We were down by what is one or two, and a field goal was going to win it. Mm-hmm. We line up. Botch snap. The ball, I think it actually hit me in the ass um, uh, because there was a botch snap. Brett Conway was our kicker. He tried to kick it, and we end up losing the game. And it's the implications of it. And like you, I couldn't watch the Super Bowl, and that was we would have had the opportunity to play the greatest show on turf. Yeah, uh, Mike Martz and the and the and the Rams. Uh, but it was it was it felt like it was stolen from us. Right. Uh, and this game, you know, there's a lot of things that led up to that that could have gone differently, other than just a, right. a kick at the end that bounces, you know, in for an NFL record. Yeah, um, a but, lot of things, but the confidence factor is what's important. Some know? of the young guys, uh, because I do have some more sound that we want to get to, but um, Derek Barnes uh, got his first start. Um, you also had Jalen Reeves Maben, who I thought was running all over the field. Yeah. Your thoughts on some of the young guys that that you know had their first experience, uh, you know, their first large experience, especially since Jamie Collins was not dressing for this game. We knew that going in, right? Yeah, no, I thought uh, neither of those guys stood out to you know have any dud performances. Yeah, uh, Jalen Reeves Maben probably made more plays um, just because he, you know, I'll have to check the snap count, but it seemed like he was in there the majority of the time. Derek Barnes was kind of more of their. Uh, base defense, first, second down type of guy, mm-hmm. just kind of sprinkling them in a little bit, getting used to the NFL speed and uh, seeing what he could do. He made some nice plays. Um, but Reeves Maven, man, I think he really stood out, you know, had a couple pressures in the backfield, a um, couple really big-time tackles in space that we just, through two first two games, did not see from, you know, the, the linebacker position for that defense. So I thought, uh, hey, you know, anytime that you have a veteran guy and uh, Jamie Collins, who wasn't playing well, you know, they're talking about trading him. wasn't going to play again. I mean, that kind of sends a message throughout the rest of your locker room, right? Hey, if they're yeah. if they're willing to, you know, bench one of our mo- oldest guys, veteran guys, who's played a whole lot of ball because he's not playing well, we we the rest of us better pick pick our stuff up as <laughs> yes. well, man. Because you know, you know what I mean. That kind of yes. adds a little bit of urgency to the to the locker room. And uh, I thought the guys. Real and Anzalone, you know, yeah. stood out yesterday. Had the sack and uh, looked much better in in coverage and uh, tackling, getting off blocks. So yeah, I think uh, you know, I, I don't think that move to trade or you know to kind of bench Jamie Collins was you know directly directed towards you know inspiring the team and kind of you know getting getting a shot in the ass there, but. Um, but it, but it, it did. You know, it did. Whether it was direct or indirect, I mean, it did. Those guys, for the first time, you know, we saw that defense. What they're capable of. And we met, we talked about it last week about how far away the Lions are, or how close they might be, and how it could be the, the rebuild could be sped up mm-hmm. if they're able to get a couple of dudes um, offensively and defensively, whether it's through the draft or free agency, and attracting some of those dudes because it, maybe you draft a guy like Penny Sewell, and then there's a uh, and you've got T.J. Hawkinson on offense, and maybe somebody as a receiver says, "I want to be a part yeah. of what they've got going on." I want to ask you because you. 
so far have had the unlucky job of having to to interview Dan Campbell after the game. You want to be able to do that in wins. That's fun. Yeah. And against the losses, it's it's not so much fun. And this was his reaction. I'm going to tie these two thoughts together here in just a minute. When uh, you asked him about uh, the the record field goal that bounced uh, and hit the the crossbar and made it. Uh, you know, our defense, uh, I felt like, came to life a little bit, and uh, I thought they, for the most part, played a pretty good game. And, you know, I liked we were, where we were at at the end. Um, and it just, look, it, it this happens, and uh, <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> Yes, then it does. Uh, yes, we'll uh, the beep there. It does uh, more against Detroit yes. for some reason, but yeah, we're trying that. to get the unedited version. Uh, but uh, he said uh, it happens, uh, and it does in an NFL game, and it does throughout the course of a game. You don't necessarily want to see it on uh, the very last play that ends up costing you a game because there was a, a delay of game call that the NFL is reviewing. It won't matter what they say. And here's where I want to tie those two conversations together. The honesty that Dan Campbell speaks with at press conferences. You get a chance to talk to the players. You get a chance to talk to him. And, you know, you, you got some dudes that maybe free agents want to come play with. How much do, do, do free agents or, you know, draft picks don't have that choice, but how much would they want to play for Dan Campbell and his staff knowing that he's going to shoot you straight, he's going to call it as he sees it, is there an incentive for when we get into the off season for guys to want to yeah. play for this staff? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, and obviously they still got a long way to go. The, the first thing that mat, the biggest thing that matters to guys is obviously, you know, are they winning? Right. I want yeah. to go to a team that's going to win. Um, but if you see. Well, let's back uh, up. The, the the thing that matters most is the zeros and the commas. It, it, well, nowadays it is. I mean, <laughs> it's a different generation than when we played, John. It's it's guys want to get paid now, but uh, when you get older guys, you get you know stud guys. I mean, you're not going to right. They're not going to go sign a big contract to go to a bad team just to get money. I mean, I think there is a big part of motivation to still want to go win. And uh, I, although it's becoming a little bit more rare, it seems these days. But yeah, I think uh, players. Just respect honesty, right? And I think that's ultimately what what you what all you can ask for is just mutual respect, right? There's players talk; they they know other guys in the league that play for different teams and how the coaches treat them, and you get some coaches that, uh, you know, are maybe honest to your face, and then you know, kind of stabbing you behind the back to management. I mean, that guys guys aren't stupid in the league; they know what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, even I remember. You know, when, when Dan Campbell first got hired, I I really didn't know much about him um, other than, you know, him playing for a long time and coaching down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to a couple of my buddies that, you know, played in New Orleans. And, uh, I mean, just the enthusiasm and the unanimous uh, respect that they had for him kind of let me know, okay, we're getting a good one, right? Because I talked to John Kuhn, who was a fullback long time in Green Bay, finished his career in New Orleans, and uh, Larry Warford, who was a guard here in Detroit, went to New Orleans. Those guys played, uh, you know, under Coach Campbell. I know he wasn't a head coach, but, you know, got to see his coaching style, and uh, both of them said the exact same thing. They are like, guys are going to love him, man. I mean, he's, you know, he's a tough ass when he has to be, but you know what? He'll shoot you straight. I mean, he's a hell of a coach. Like the energy brings the passion. So yeah, I think that uh, around the player circle in the league, uh, you know, once once they start, hey, 
still got a long way to go. We don't know how, how this season is going to play out, but if they keep improving, you know, they could bust out some wins. That, that'll that definitely, you know, stick out in, in other guys' minds that say maybe we're thinking Detroit on the yep. radar. Maybe now that maybe now it's a team that, you know, they, they see are, are improving, getting better. Maybe that's something they want to be a part of. Well, a team that uh, will always be compared to the Lions is up next, the Chicago Bears. And, you know, it, the conversation right now is – you know, the Lions take Penny Sewell at number seven. Mm-hmm. They leave Justin Fields on the board. The Bears take him later in the draft. And so his production will be compared to Penny Sewell's, and it's a, it's a hard yeah. comparison to make. What, what could have been, right? Yeah, what yeah. could have been. And so we had a little peek uh, into the rookie season or what it is to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL this past week when Justin Fields got sacked nine times. Oof. One net passing yard, yeah. which I think is the lowest is since 2009. Yep. Um, they're up next. Is this one that the Lions should get a chance to, to, to get a W in? Yeah, we talked about it last week on our show. I, I, I felt um, I felt like they were going to play Baltimore tough. I didn't necessarily think they were going to win the game, but uh, yeah, we, we, we're on record, John. I said, I think, look at that right. game against Chicago. I think that's really <laughs> going to be the it. first one that uh, we're, they're going to have a really good chance to win. And you obviously look at what Chicago did against Cleveland. I mean, it was dreadful, right? Cleveland rushed for more than 200 yards on them. Uh, I know I think Chicago still sacked Baker four or five times. There were a lot yeah. of sacks in that game, nine and five. Jeez. I mean, that's, that's not yeah. – not a clinic on how to take care of the quarterback, but um, I man, I I don't know, man. I mean, there there's two ways that this Lions team can go. They can build off of the improvements that they made against Baltimore. Uh, you know, they they can, how fast are they going to be able to get over uh, that gut punch? Right. If you let this thing linger into the week, it will affect you on Sunday against Chicago. Chicago's not feeling sorry for you. They don't care that yep. Justin Tucker just kicked the sixty six yard field goal to you know. And to to beat you, I mean, they don't care. I mean, they're they're hurting too. They want to do everything they can to get a win. But yeah, it's, I think this when you talk about the NFC North, you talk about these division games, especially when it comes down to Chicago. You know that they still have a good defense. Khalil Mack did kind of leave the field. I don't know what his status is going to be going in the game, but um, they, they it's just a hard, tough, physical, grinded out type of game. And that's in my opinion. That's the kind of football that Detroit wants to play. They don't want to get cute and, you know, throw the ball a bunch. I know they had to in the first couple games just because of the opponents that were they, they were playing, but um, I feel like they've got a chance, man. And you know what? Justin Fields got sacked nine times. Detroit's D-line against yep. Baltimore. They got to Lamar four times, and they had him a couple more, just couldn't finish. If they keep that production up on the defensive line, with getting to the quarterback and able to putting pressure on the opposing team quarterback, I mean, Justin Fields, not only can you bring him down a couple times for negative yards, he's also going to give you a couple chances to take the ball away as well. So that's going to be a huge key. Yeah, he was sacked nine times. Didn't throw any interceptions. Didn't throw any touchdowns either. Well, he only had six completions out of, what, 20-some passes. (laughs) I mean, 20 attempts. (laughs) Uh, He was taking a beat. Yeah, and the reason they ended up with one net yard passing, he did complete six passes for 68 yards, but he was sacked for 67 yards. (laughs) Those come off of passing yardage. Um, Brutal day at the office right there. How much does it carry over the game? The defensive game plan against Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. How much does that carry over for Justin Fields? Because he's a mobile quarterback as well. Yeah, I think a lot of similarities. I was honestly surprised yesterday uh, watching 
the the game against Baltimore. It, it kind of seemed like Baltimore just thought they were just going to roll in, take care of business, mm-hmm. get out of there, you know, because Lamar didn't run the ball a lot. I mean, he ran. He had the one, you know, what was that thirty forty yard run that kind of yeah. up the sideline there at, at, at one point. But other than that, I mean. He 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 was kind of just well like contained. everybody else. Everybody else take it. You know, you guys go in the game, and it kind of seemed like Baltimore just expected to roll in, run their base offense. You know, throw a couple passes, get out of there with a the win. Um, you know, I think Detroit kind of surprised them a little bit. And I don't know how much of that was Lamar Jackson obviously hurt his hip against the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, doing the, flip, the end zone. Yeah, doing I don't know. The end zone. Yeah, I don't know how much that yeah, maybe hindered him to say, you know, you know, you guys take over the game a little bit. But yeah, I think as far as game planning goes, they probably expected Lamar Jackson to run a whole lot more. Um, so we didn't get a chance to really see though who was going to be the guy to spy. Lamar Jackson. We didn't get the chance to see who was going to be that athlete that was responsible for contain on Lamar Jackson because he didn't run the ball a lot. But yeah, I think game plan wise, uh, probably going to be a lot of similarities. And in this Chicago offensive line now, they're hurting. Mm. They're struggling. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. They had to sign, you know, forty-five-year-old Jason Peters off the fishing boat a couple weeks ago to come play left tackle. <laughs> they've just been dropping like flies over there. So, uh, man, I, it's I really feel like if Detroit takes care of business this week, if they get past this gut-wrenching loss, if they don't let it hinder into Wednesday, Thursday, if you just make the corrections and move on, and we keep seeing the improvements that we've seen, you know, week to week, I, I really think they got a chance to win. And the line they actually started, I think, it. Close to six points. It's already yep. down to three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I think there's a lot of people starting to figure out that they're starting to see the improvements from this Detroit team. Yeah, and it was a it was a tough weekend for rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence mm. struggled. Mac Jones struggled. We we documented the struggles of of Justin Fields. Zach Wilson shut out. Yes, uh, and it, it's it's just hard to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL. And and I know some some guys have come in and performed well, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to is going to have a decent year, but he doesn't have a lot of weapons around him. Same with Zach Wilson, not a lot lot of weapons yeah. around him. Um, Chicago does have a few weapons, but it's still it's a fast game, and I think there's a lot of people that that heard from. Justin Fields, that he thought it was going to be a little faster than it was in the preseason. Yeah. And uh, I think if he could take that comment back, uh, he probably right. would. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, there's a guy um, that I played with in college, played for, you know, two decades in one city, one of a few Super Bowls there. That's Tom Brady. He's now at Tampa. He's got his, you know, what, seventh Super Bowl ring going for his eighth. He's going to be going back to New England for the first time. And Bill mm. Belichick, um, we don't have any of the sound. We're not going to use any of the sound. Oh, he he is, doesn't want to talk. He is sick about those questions <laughs> about is, Tom, man. He is so tired <laughs> he is. of answering questions. It's going to be a fun week. Why isn't Tom Brady still in New England? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, We've addressed oh, that Oh, we already. wanted him, but, you know, he didn't want us. And um, <laughs> but I want to ask be you, uh, because it's going to be, it's going to, I think, a, a welcome reception by New England fans for think. Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. going to they're they're going to let him know uh, and show some appreciation for him. One hundred percent. What was it like for you the first time when you came because you won a Super Bowl in Green Bay? You had mm-hmm. some great moments there. You you also talked about some of the heart wrenching moments, the two thousand fourteen game, but when you were with Detroit 
and you traveled back to Green Bay. You see familiar faces. You see fans. I'm sure there was a lot of fans that were disappointed to see you go. Yeah. What was that first time like playing against your former team? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was a bit overwhelming, I think, uh, pregame, mm-hmm. right? Going out there and, and taking the field for the first time at Lambeau on on the other sideline. I mean, it was weird. It was it was a bit overwhelming. The Did emotions you give up the playbook? Hit you. No, 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 no spying going on. Um, no, I, no, not I, for Green Bay, I, but you, Green Bay's playbook. You're with Detroit now. <laughs> I thought, you were, I thought you were accusing me of being a oh, spy no, for the Packers. Oh, no, hell no, no. O-Lyman don't do that. We beat them that case. Yes, we, that's why I was asking, because uh, if there's one thing that O-Lyman do is we'll hold a damn grudge. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I honestly... Um, you know, I didn't really hold a grudge against Green Bay. I think it, at the time it was well documented that I wanted to stay in Green Bay. I wanted to finish my career there. They felt opposite. So the fans really didn't hold it against me. It's not like I yeah. gave them the middle finger and was like, no, I'm, I'm done with you guys, right? So that was that kind of helped having a welcoming reception back because yeah. I think the fans knew, well, they let go of him. He didn't, you know, he didn't choose them over us. Yeah. Packers, you know, let him go. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of talk that week about – and Aaron Rodgers was hurt. He didn't play that game. It was Brett Hundley. So a lot of things changed. But, yeah, I mean, there's some – I was talking with the D-line coaches, you know, going through some of the calls and uh, that the offensive linemen make. And, yeah. hey, if you hear this call – uh, you know, expect this, and hey, this is how those guys. You know, you hate to throw your buddies under the bus, like right. You know, I was best friends with Dave Bakhtiari, the left tackle, Brian Balaga, the right tackle. Yeah, and I'm over here in Detroit, kind of giving them. Oh, Brian hates when you bull rushes inside. So, oh, Dave hates <laughs> yeah. when you do it, right? But so, you got to do it. But you got to do it, man. You're trying to get a win, right? So there was definitely a little bit of that going on. Um, but once the game started, I mean. It was just football. You know, it was yeah. just football. I, th- I think pregame, when you have the couple hours there, you're sitting on the sideline talking to everybody, all those emotions come back, right? You just kind of hang with your old buds and, and kind of reminiscing about the great times that you guys had. But, uh, I mean, it, it is a fine line, I would say, to try to control your emotions. Uh, you don't want to get too jacked up. Uh, you don't want to, you know, pregame. If you're too jacked up, you're too, you get to kind of burn your energy a little yeah. bit. So you got to try to stay stable as best you can. I saw it last, you know, against uh, against Green Bay a couple weeks ago when Detroit went there. I mean, you could see Jamal Williams was on the field, you know, three hours before the game, and I mean, he was just running up and down the field screaming and just, yeah. you're kind of worried about him. You're like, just save that energy, buddy. You know, just that save that energy. Got a lot man. of energy, and, but he's got a lot of energy, so yeah. he he was fine. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, I'd say. I'd kind of recap. I mean, it's overwhelming, right? But there's a part of you, too, that when the team decides to move on from you, I mean, you take that personal. Oh, you I know. Yeah. And you do everything you can to go in there and, and show them they were wrong. And we did that that night. It was, a, I think it was a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, I think it was Monday night. Or it might have been, yeah, it was Monday night. Yeah. Felt good. And we went in there and we pounded them, man. And leaving that stadium, you know, with a win yes. <laughs> on the road, on the roadside. Uh, that was a great feeling. You were a much better man than me because I did have a whole bunch of friends that were still with Washington, and I had been there a decade. And when they let me go, I looked at the schedule. I looked at Washington's schedule and said, I want to go to one of 16 teams. And it was whoever Washington was playing was was on my list of yeah. teams I wanted to go and to. You want to beat their ass. Yeah, and, and I so I came back to Detroit for a number of reasons. I had always wanted to play in Detroit, but week three – 
was the Washington Redskins, and they were coming to Ford Field. I didn't get, a, I didn't get ever get a chance to go back and play in Washington, but and I didn't have to worry about expending too much energy because Geisler Cherilis was our our tackle at the time, and he was starting. I was uh, uh, dressed, uh, but a reserve offensive lineman. So I spent as much time as I possibly could during the week going through. Hey, this is the playbook for you know Jim Zorn was the coach, yeah. um, and I I had no loss of of love. Um, for him, so I went through every single uh, you know formation, personnel group, uh, you know calls on the offensive line, defensive. I've been there a decade, right? right? I knew exactly what they were yeah, going to be doing, and know uh, you know Washington, or Detroit had gone zero and sixteen in two thousand eight. In mm-hmm. two thousand nine, we started out zero and two, and our first win was against the Washington yeah, Redskins. Like, you and take some pride in that, damn, too. Damn, it like, felt good. Yeah. And, and, I, yeah, I had no, I don't think I ever said the F word as many times as I did that day. Um, <laughs> I took some pride big time in uh, 2018, uh, Patricia's first year, when uh, Green Bay came to Ford Field. Yeah. I wasn't playing. I think it was out. It was in concussion protocol still. But um, I remember telling him, I mean, I'm, I'm like, the one thing that you got to do to Aaron Rodgers, you got to rush the left tackle. You know, whoever's on the left tackle, just rush high and wide. Just go. If you have to go 15 yards, go 15 yards. And then whoever's over the right tackle, just bull rush the hell out of the inside shoulder. Because as soon as Aaron sees the left tackle's guy swoop up, he's going to step to his left. And I think we actually had two sacks on it. One was a sack fumble. (laughs) And I'm just over on the sideline just quietly just like, (laughs) yup. Like that was my idea, you know. You take pride in that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, before we go, there is one bit of audio that I want to play because – I think you and I fall on the same side of things when it comes to kickers. And Justin Tucker hit an NFL record, uh, 66-yard game winner against the Detroit Lions this past Sunday. And he also hit a 61-yard game winner a few Mm -hmm. years back. And um, this was his comment about uh, being able to kick in Detroit. Yeah, it's like deja vu all over again. Man, um, I love Detroit. I'm thinking about getting a place here. I'll let oh, you go. Just to, just to pour the salt right <laughs> in that open wound, man. Oh, Screw listen. you. Kicker's sticking kick, it to us. Yeah. Kick, okay, kickers, like, shut the hell up, you know. I mean, great kick, world record, good for you. Go away. You also missed one, too. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> kickers aren't real athletes. <laughs> kickers are not football players. Oh, it warms my We're heart. Kickers. Yes, to, to oh, hear man. you. Because yes. they just sit over there. They get their tan. They work on their push-ups. Yeah. They, they stretch their leg a little bit. Oh. Kick a few times, and then they go into the cold. Oh, time. you need me for one kick? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dance out yeah. there. Guys out freaking golfing probably three days a week. Yes. Like yeah. pitchers. Uh, pitchers are actually athletes, but uh, some, I don't some. think Detroit would welcome Justin Tucker. No, not anytime soon. Maybe if he waits about, I don't know, what do you think, maybe 10 years? Let this uh, one kind of well, wear off a little yeah, bit. Well, because kickers <laughs> don't do anything, he'll probably still be kicking in 10 years. <laughs> Good point. He is one of the best kickers. But, man, that just, that don't comment. Give him any that comment. I mean, we don't yeah. even play anymore. That comment got me kind of fired up uh, again. I'm like, oh, dude, come on. <laughs> well, hey, for more. It's a hell of a kick. You got to give it to him. Just hell of a kick, man. Yeah. Just a brutal way to lose football. Again, game. you're a better man than me. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, for TJ Lang, I'm John Jansen. You've been listening to Necessary Roughness.